Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of Mainly Celtics um, It's your boy Emery here with Matt Money um, <clears throat> Our first topic today, we, uh, we've got another uh, Olympic prelim game coming up tomorrow against Spain That's Sunday, July 18th um, It's a big news out of the Olympics so far What do you say, Matty? Yeah, I mean, obviously they've been underwhelming. I'm still not too worried about them. We did our podcast like right before or while that game was going on. Yeah. Right before the game tipped off. And I was we definitely underestimated Nigeria. They had a lot more NBA players than I suspected. I mean, so did the entire world. They were the the US men's team was like twenty two point favorites. Yeah. Which is I saw people spin zoning this. I was like, well, at least the the spreads will be closer for the actual Olympics, and hopefully, hopefully they'll have their full squad there with them. But no, like that was obviously surprising. Australia wasn't like super surprising because Australia was a good team, and the team USA they are clearly should have been the better team, should have won the game. Yeah, but Australia's not super surprising. Like they're they're a very good team. I think they're they're somewhere in the top five internationally. I think they were fifth. Yeah, yeah, and Patty Mills really showed out. Maybe he's. He's trying out for that uh that Celtics backup point guard spot. But he looks really good. I um no one else from the team Australia really stood to me too too much. I think that I once again, like I think that the team USA is gonna be fine. I think when they're actually trying their hardest and uh they're actually putting their, their A squad out there and playing them the minutes that they're gonna be playing them during the uh Olympic. Olympic tournament that they're going to be just fine. So I'm not too, too worried about them. Uh, obviously you don't want to lose two games. I think they had lost like two games the past, like since 1992. 20... Yeah. Since yeah. yeah. So 30, yes. Yeah, last 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. They've, they've only lost two exhibition games and lost two in this one year. So not ideal, but yeah. I think in the end of the day, I think they're going to be fine. I do too. Um, some, the news to note out of the Olympics so far are either the men's team, I should say, uh, two, two cases, uh, well, one case of COVID and one opt out. Kevin Love backed out due to what was it? Was it like nagging? I think it was, I think he was just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I like, I don't know what it was. It was very, it seemed like he just didn't want to do it. He was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to like rehab or the way yeah. I want, or I might just like stay back and rehab because I've been dealing with injuries. And it's like, I'm just not, I think he was just literally just like, yeah, I'm not really good enough to be playing on the team. Uh-huh. I think that was well, essentially what he was like at this point, at this point in time, I don't think he's saying he wasn't talented enough, but he's like, yeah, like my injuries, I just need to work on getting back to being myself rather than like trying to compete on the scene. Like I, I think he just thinks that he's not going to be um, at the level he'd want to be on the international stage. That's it's that's mature of him. I mean, he's one of the older NBA players, but he was uh, replaced on the team and Bradley Beal has been, taken out due to uh covid restrictions the uh virus uh rules for uh what, what is it yeah. he must have tested positive yeah he must have tested positive because he's he would have been out the uh the ex- the whole olympics with the two-week wait or not the whole olympics but a large majority of it mm-hmm. they probably even when you have to get there you have to quarantine or something like that so right. um Another person tested, or another person went to protocol with him was Jeremy Grant, but I haven't heard anything about it. So maybe he was just contact trace. Yeah, but he's tested negative, so he's tested out, so he's fine. Because I haven't heard any word on him since then. But 
yeah, we're getting we're getting them replaced. Brad Beal and Kevin Love replaced with Keldon Johnson, who's I believe he's a rookie or second year in the league with the Spurs, right? Yeah, he's a Kentucky guy. Yep, but he's he's really he's someone that I think a lot of guys have. There's been a lot of good talk about him. He's one of the younger guys, yep. obviously, on this team. He was playing with the select team, and I think yeah, he was he on impressed. the press. Yeah. And he provides a lot of defense, which is, like, what this team really needs. They don't need any more scores. So, I think a guy that can just strap up and really focus on defense is going to be helpful for this team. Another reason why, you know, bringing in JaVale McGee, they, they lack size. I think this was the first time since uh, pros were allowed, so since 92, that they didn't have a single player seven feet tall or, or above. Uh-huh. And JaVale, I believe, seven one, seven feet tall. So, I think that provides them a little bit of size. And you see with the physicality of the – the international game. I mean, you saw Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard. They were complaining about it. It does help to have some big guys in the middle to kind of clog up that pain, just be physical. And uh, JaVale McGee has a massive history of goaltending abuses. So the lax, the laxed rules on uh, goaltending in the FIBA regulations is going to be going to be a positive on the defensive end. Yeah. It is funny how now JaVale McGee, like, he's had such a career turn where obviously you had the Shaq and the full stuff. He just did a bunch of dumb shit, like, early on. Now he is kind of that – kind of just that savvy, solid vet. It is kind of a weird move. I feel like they probably could have got someone that's at least a bigger name, like maybe a a little bit better overall player, seeing how he was, like, the backup center on the – backup center on the Cavs. The Cavs, yeah. But maybe it was just – maybe it was just this is what – uh, Popovich thought that the team needed they needed some size they needed some interior defense down low. It is interesting. What who would your uh, who would your replacement have been if it were not for Javale? I'm trying to think of like big men that are like actually solid in their America. Like I did want a bigger guy. Yeah. And I was thinking of the options and a lot of the bigger guys like they are international dudes. Like I was trying to think. I was like, oh, we just need someone big and physical. Like uh, I was like, oh, like Nurkic. Obviously, Nurkic isn't from here. Yeah. And I was like, well, we need a guy that's like an elite post-scoring guy. And I think, obviously, like Embiid and Jokic there, they're international. Yeah. And so, like, the names are kind of thin. Like, I can't really think of any, like, elite, elite. Jared Allen? Yeah, Jared Allen was one, but he still is – it's like the same thing. Like, I would probably would have just said Rob Williams in that case because yeah. Jared Allen's still not a very big guy. He's a good rim protector, but he's not a big physical guy like, um, like JaVale McGee is. Yeah. I was just really trying to think of like guys that are that are just solid big body guys that are good defenders and it's really hard to think of it. <laughs> like honestly, like Nerland, like it probably wasn't getting a whole lot better. I was like Yeah. Nerland's Noel is Nerland's Noel. Is he American? Yeah, he's from New Hampshire. No way, okay. Yeah. Pretty sure he went to school in Bo- maybe he's from Boston, which is one of those two, but he's yeah, he's in England. Like New Hampshire prep school or something. Yeah, I think he went to Exeter, honestly. Oh, no way. Okay. But, no, I mean, the list wasn't – list was pretty thin, honestly. There's not a lot of American-made centers that are those big, big athletic types. I was even thinking the Lopez brothers just because yeah. I mean, they have the size and they can be physical down low both on, on both sides of the ball. So. But, Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I thought Brooke Lopez was on a U.S. team at one point. Yeah. I mean, they're American. They went to Stanford. They're American. I'm pretty sure they grew up. Oh, in California. I'm saying like on a on a national team before. Yeah, I mean, I think the Plumleys have been at least one of the Plumleys has been on one of the national teams even during the Olympics. Okay, it's that last man in. I know DeAndre uh-huh. DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, that's where he paired up with Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think of center. I mean, Deion, uh, DeAndre Ayton's from the Bahamas. I don't know if he's – what team he'd be playing on. He obviously wouldn't be playing now anyways, but – But the, bah- the Bahamas are U.S. territory. Yeah, so I don't – but do they have their own, inter- like, U- Olympic either. team? They, they obviously didn't make the Olympics. Yeah, maybe not. I don't, I don't know how that works. I was thinking, like, DeAndre Ayton's one of the better ones. Um yeah, I mean, it's tough just rat- trying to rattle off names. I'm sure I'm missing just a super obvious one. Right. I'm trying to think of, like, the last couple-year drafts. I mean, isn't uh, Marvin Bagley – he's a Canadian, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't want Marvin Bagley. He doesn't provide it. He doesn't provide defense at all. No. I'm just trying to think of big men, though. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton. I'm just trying to think of all-star games this year. I mean, you have Andre Drummond. Oh, he didn't yeah. make the All-Star game this year, but Andre Drummond's won, but I don't think he provides really a lot of defense. He's like, okay, I'm good at grabbing rebounds. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis was the obvious one, but I think he opted out. Right. He did at the beginning of the, at the yeah, so. or whatever. Um, there was a lot of flack given to the men's team when they uh, took Calvin Johnson instead of guys like Trey Young or something like that. I saw that Trey Young was trending on Twitter. Yeah. I get it, but at the same time, it's they don't need another score too. Like they're getting Drew Holiday, which is obviously he's he can score, but I think on this team, I think he's gonna just excel in the role of just playmaking for others and playing elite elite defense. Yeah. But then you're also adding Chris Middleton, whose job his real only his really only plus skill is scoring the basketball. He's not an elite defender. He's not an elite playmaker. No. Um, He's not really an elite athlete. He's just a scorer. And you add that to already like guys like Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Brad, I mean, Grant. Bradley Beal's out. Yeah, KD. Tame Lillard. Yeah, Tim Lillard. So it's like a bunch of guys that are their best trait is scoring the basketball. Yeah. So I think it is nice to mix it up. Um, I think Trey Young, obviously, talent wise, is better than Keldon Johnson. I just yeah, think no, nobody's, I just nobody's think, saying that. I just think fit wise, like, okay, we need some guys that can actually play defense. We need some guys that aren't going to need the ball in their hands. They aren't going to be looking for a lot of touches. And I don't know. I mean, Keldon Johnson might not play very much at all. It might just be, okay, Keldon Johnson, you're in for two or three minutes, uh, a game, a half or a game or something like that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really make too, too much of it, but obviously people are going to be upset because there's, there's bigger name stars that were left off. Yeah. And I think that's just, that's what it was. I think that uh, team need was taken uh, was taken more into account than the best player available. And a lot of people think that, hey, it's the Olympics. You've got to have your best 12 players in the entire world or in, the, in your entire country, you know. But it, in terms of need, and obviously this team is lacking for certain things, like like defense, like an on-ball guy, things like that. The team is lacking in that area. So it's, it's, a, it's a savvy move to address the a position of need when you're doing that instead of just taking the best guy available. Yeah. And also like, I think in normal years, like obviously the event struggles too, but like these select guys are already playing with this group of guys yeah. and maybe they didn't want to, maybe there's also like quarantine protocols that like they'd have to do, like maybe yeah. throw things off with Trey, like he wouldn't be able to play until the Olympics with these guys. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just didn't want to like try and throw him in. Maybe they just thought it'd be an easier fit fitting a guy that was already on one of the select teams, but then you have JaVale who wasn't in at all. And I don't think he has any – he hasn't ever played for the Spurs, so I don't know what his relationship is with Popovich. No, I don't either. So that was kind of interesting, but – Hey, JaVale's on one hell yeah. of a man. Yeah, you got you to love JaVale McGee. He's really – real comeback story. People forget he was in the dunk contest. He had a – dude, he had one of the greatest 
some of the craziest dunks I've ever seen. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had that two rim dunk. It was on two. Yeah, he had the two rim dunk, and yeah. I think he also. I think was he was on the was it him or Gerald Green that blew the cupcake out? I was about to say I thought he was the one that blew the cupcake out, but it was Gerald Green. Was it? He also had one. I'm pretty sure he had one where he marked a basketball and like touched the top, like the top of the box. Oh yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Basketball and dunked it in like yeah. it was. He's he's a freak athlete. Like he had some crazy vertical. That was but, with the Wizards. Yeah, he was fun. Like I always liked Javale. He was just a crazy athlete, and he was able to kind of figure it out. And he played a solid role for a lot of successful, uh, quite a few successful teams. Definitely. I mean, he's a two-time champ now, isn't he? Because he won it with LA last year, and he won it with the uh, the Warriors. With the Warriors, yeah. Yeah. So two-time world champ, Javale. Javale. Yeah, you can never take rings away, baby. Yeah. Can't discredit banners unless you're the University of Michigan, but or Louisville, or Louisville. But they're working on the Michigan one so far. Yeah, or or like there's, I'm sure there's plenty of other schools that got things taken away. I mean, USC football, Ohio yeah. State football. I mean, yeah. the list goes on. It's South, yeah, Penn State football. Um, <laughs> God, people forget. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about Dame Dalla, Space Jam star? Yeah, we'll get to Space Jam in a minute, but um, the big news this week out of the NBA is uh, apparently some news source thought that Damian Lillard was requesting a trade, um, and I don't know where these four teams came out of like somebody's ass, but at the Heat, it was it was rumored that Dame, Damian Lillard wanted a trade, and he would only be traded to the Heat, the Knicks, the Lakers, and who was the last one? I don't know. Like, I didn't see that. When you mentioned the Dame stuff, like, I looked it up because I saw someone else talking about it. And I looked up, couldn't find it. Then lo- then you mentioned it again, tried looking up before we get on here, and I couldn't find anything, like, concrete. I saw I saw a tweet yesterday. It was, like, Damon Lillard has requested a trade, the Knicks, the Heat, the Lakers, and there was one other team. I can't remember what it was. But it was, like, those – it was, like – a, B, C, and D are the four he's rumored to be interested in. Yeah. And and immediately came out, Damian Lillard said, quote, that's not true. And was – did he go live yesterday? Like, did he have a presser? Uh, I don't think so. I thought I heard something that was like he sat, KD, like, he sat down and – I don't know. KD was going at like 13-year-olds on Twitter, but that, <laughs> I don't I, think Damian – I didn't hear anything from Damian Lillard's camp. I, I thought I heard something that it said, like, I'm, I would just like the talent around me. This is paraphrasing, for, of course. Like, the talent around me to be more competitive. The roster built around me and CJ is, is not a championship roster. Yeah. I keep seeing smoke but no fire. I keep seeing, yeah. like, people talking about the things that Dane was talking about, but I haven't seen any, like, even, like, quotes like from like verified sources i haven't seen any like direct video from that no so i'm like i'm just very confused on like where this is all coming from but yeah i saw that too where where someone's like oh the celtics like i think dame's out of the question but the celtics and the heat should be calling about like derrick jones jr i think they said rodney hood um a couple of the a couple of their uh like turgeon like rotation players on this team yeah that's her, yeah, okay. Rod, wait, is Rodney Hood? What team's isn't Rod, No, he's on the Raptors now, isn't he? I meant to say Norm Powell. I was thinking Rodney Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norm Powell. Maybe he's on the. I don't know. Rodney Hood's on one of those two teams, but yeah, I don't um, know. yeah, Norm Powell, 
that was the one I was thinking of. And a couple a couple other guys they mentioned, like Robert Covington, I believe, as well. Yeah. They just said a lot of those guys should, should be just a fire sale, complete rebuild, which I wouldn't mind getting some pieces from that, especially if they're just wanting some picks, maybe like a lottery protected pick or maybe a couple second round picks. Second for Derek Jones or like Yeah, just like a rotation player that can help you right now. Like that'd be yeah. that'd be ideal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think we should get two pick trading happy, but maybe we give them a, a young player back some upside. Right. I mean, like, I'm sure that they would be interested in a Carson Edwards for and along with a couple with like a second round pick for Robert Covington. I mean, that's 10 million off that's, the books. Yeah. And Brad knows like these guys as well as anyone as a GM. Like he knows how, how, um, ready Romeo is going to be headed this year he knows how ready like Aaron Neesmith is going to be it's like maybe he's like okay like these guys still handle but maybe it's years in the road before it's actualized like maybe it's time I make a move now yeah try and like help us be a contender now especially if I think we're then one move away from a championship if we are able to acquire that third star of the deadline if the team's rebuilding that is that does have a star player or maybe in that next offseason so yeah I I this is this is a conversation for another day, but I am really interested to see what Brad does with the two guys you just mentioned, Naismith and Romeo, because those are the two fringe guys on this roster. Like, if those two guys aren't playing at a pro level bench player, then they've got to go. Like, the, this this I feel like a lot of Celtics fans on the media believe that the Celtics window is, is not closing, you know, like there's, I I feel like there's a, a sense that the Celtics have this huge draft capital window, this huge player acquisition window, this huge talent window, but that's not the case. And we've seen this throughout the NBA. I mean, like the Atlanta Hawks almost made the finals. Like there's a massive parody around the league and this team will not be, a top two, three team in the East for that, for the next 15 years. I feel like there's got to be some, some sense of urgency with this team's window. Yeah. I mean, you saw that a little bit though, with the, the Kemba Walker move. I mean, unless it was completely him driven, at least it accelerates things at least a year earlier, if not, because it's not fully guaranteed the outdoor for one. I don't know the exact details of it, but it accelerates us at least a year, if not two, on being able to like restart that, re- not restart the rebuild, but acquire that third piece or acquire yeah. those additional pieces, having more cap flexibility. Because, mm-hmm. like, coming into this year, like, we're so far over the tax because we have Al Horford, who's essentially on max deal, making $27 million. And we have Jalen, who's close to a max deal. I think he's around like close to $30 million. And then we have Jason Tatum, who's on that five-year max deal rookie extension max deal which fortunately we got a little shaved off because he didn't make that all nba team but still he's making a ton of money and it's gonna be really hard to do anything with those three contracts on the ledger and it would have been a lot worse with kemba's because we would have had the extra year and it would have been more money for those for those years three years yeah yeah so i think we're seeing it a little bit and i think with neesmith we're gonna be a little bit more patient than we would with Actually, Neesmith, him, and he's a sophomore. I think they're the same actual age, like Neesmith and, um, and Romeo. Romeo. Yeah, because Romeo came out as a freshman. Neesmith came out as a sophomore. So uh-huh. they're about the same age. So I think they're going to be somewhat patient with them. I think it's going to be a tricky situation because, like we talked about, like obviously Brad and Danny, especially towards the later years, 
this, even uh, Brad admitted that Danny had a say in some of the, the acquisitions they'd make. So I'm assuming Romeo was someone that Brad really, really liked. I mean, he likened him to a Evan Turner yeah. in a way that he could possibly be like a point forward off the bench uh, in that kind of role. And but what what if Adoka just doesn't like him? What if Adoka doesn't believe in his game and he's burying him on the bench? Like, what yep. do you do now? Like, he's obviously not going to show what he's got if he he's obviously not going to be able to improve or show what he's show what he's improved on during this offseason if he's just glued to the bench. So, a lot of it probably has to have conversations between Adoka and Brad. But what they want to do with those two guys. Yeah. I think it's much easier plug and play with Neesmith because he is just that prototypical like three and D guy at this point in his career. He's gonna just pretty much catch and shoot the ball offensively. Occasionally he'll attack the rim, but and then defensively he's gonna play with a lot of energy and play pretty ball. solid defense overall. Yeah. So it's like those those guys you see those guys on every team like they just have a role. Whereas yeah. whereas Romeo's offensive limits with his shooting makes him a little bit less of a perfect fit. Right. And uh, like I said earlier, this is a conversation for a later episode, and I'm sure we'll get into it once the uh, season comes a little closer. But it's going to be a uh, a topic of discussion, at least for the next couple of weeks, you know, like, uh, especially when we hear more news coming out of Idoka's like, out of his camp, when we see mini camp, where we see uh, from the media, what what they say, what the guys say on the team about uh, the growth, the young guys, things like that. Um, we're in for an interesting uh, fall. Yeah. It's going to be crazy, like, what they decide to do with roster moves, what they decide to do with rotations once we do get to that season. But uh, what else was I thinking of? I mean, yeah we, yeah, we have a lot of questions to be answered with those young guys. It's getting to the point now where you're right. We're now Tatum's on a second contract. We can't. We're not playing with house money anymore. Yeah. If those guys can't produce, we're gonna need to. We're gonna need to move them for players that can. Yeah. Even, we're, we're, even, we're not saying Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum need to be traded. No. No. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the guys around. I'm yeah. saying we're building around them, mm-hmm. and we don't want to get to the end of Jalen's contract and we still haven't won anything, and then we have to look. Okay, do we now try and reset? And then we have Tatum. Like it's. It'd be much easier if we just really looked at this this year being the last year we can really afford to maybe not be that championship contender with this core. Yeah. I think this year, maybe we, we see what we have with our younger guys. We still continue to um, compete, maybe be like a four or five seed, maybe make a run. I mean, we saw what the Atlanta Hawks could do this year. When we saw the Phoenix Suns, um, there's, there's no chance. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. Um, but I think being that elite contender is probably going to have to be not next year, but the following year, just more cap flexibility and seeing these guys grow. That, that, that may be true, but that's also not to say that this team can't be a two seat next year either. No. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying with like, you never know with the Suns or the Hawks, like they have the ability. They just don't, they just can't make a big splash this off season. So it really just have to be this team gelling and coming together. Yeah. And uh, as we've seen, in many different sports across across the the across the realm here, uh, a, a new revitalization with a new coach, a new office, a few new guys, um, things can change really quickly with a snap of a finger. So you never. Um, speaking of the Suns, uh, they just lost back to back games for what the on, the fourth time this season only. 
Uh, series is tied two to two, going back to Phoenix for Game Five tonight. When's tip on that? Is it what eight fifteen? Nine nine o'clock today. Nine o'clock. Okay. So we got a So you'll know the results of this if you're listening to this on Sunday or anytime in the future. Uh, so yeah, that game. I believe they said that the the saying is that the the series doesn't start till the home team loses, and we still haven't seen the home team lose. It's a best of right. three. Mm-hmm. Where the Suns do have home court advantage, so that's important. Uh, CP3 has played less than Stellar. Devin Booker obviously has sneaker in game three. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's not been inefficient. He hasn't just like struggled, obviously. He shoots most of his shots close to the basket. So yeah. it's not like he's really going to get cold for the most part. But they seem they've done a pretty good job really limiting his effectiveness offensively, and that's really hurt them. Absolutely. he's He is being swarmed on the offensive end. He's still great on defense. I mean, what, he had 16, 17 rebounds in game four? Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's controlling the boards. It's just offensively he's being a little bit negated. Yeah. We're seeing a lot more uh, center Giannis, too, in the in this series, yeah. especially the last couple of games. Um, I know I know you're a big Giannis guy or a fan of Giannis at least, but I just – I it really irks me watching these, the Milwaukee play basketball. I know we Why? talk about it every fucking – an episode because every possession is Giannis just trying to get the fullest head of steam and then he either gets to the rim and gets the, an NBA foul or gets to the rim fake like goes up to shoot the ball realizes he's contested and just awkwardly swings it out to some guy in the corner like it's it's no fun to watch I love watching Chris Middleton Chris Middleton's really fun he's a guy with Sneaky energy. He looks like an uncle, but he he comes out and plays with good energy, an insane mid-range game. Always seems like he's in the right spot to catch the ball. Like you said, he's he's a primary scorer. He's going to score the ball. That's that's what he's there to do. And he's in every position to do it. But I just can't stand the game of Giannis. I can't stand his game. Yeah, I mean this offense is built completely around him. Yeah. And he's at his best when he can work downhill. So Obviously, it's not the prettiest like team basketball like we've seen with the Suns. The Suns are a much better ball moving team. It's much more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But I mean, this team is built built around Giannis. He's a two time MVP for a reason. They build their offense around them as effective as it might be or or lack thereof. Uh, it's worked to this point. I mean, they're they're two games away from being NBA champions. So I don't. They're obviously not going to change it now. Uh, yeah, they. Well, it would be stupid to not. Yeah, I, mean, I think in I think in the future, I th- I think just unlocking the final key to unlocking Giannis' full potential is once Brooke, I think Brook Lopez might move to the bench and just Giannis just becomes a full center. Yeah, and then you just are absolutely just a demon of a team, and you saw what he could do a help side like uh, guarding that pick and roll. Mm-hmm. He was able to force Devin Booker to give the basketball, and was able to recover in time to make an incredible block on DeAndre. Right. And that's the type of athlete he is, and that's where he excels. Like, we've talked about, like, he wasn't able to clamp up Durant. He was getting burned. But, one, it's, no one can stop Kevin Durant. And two, like, he's he's better as help side defender because he's so long and so athletic. Yeah. And his, his, I feel like his natural position, the position that he's best at is center. He's probably going to do the AD thing for a while where he still says he's a power forward. But I think the Bucks are at their best when he's playing center. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, Bud gets a lot of hate for – 
obviously, I mean, we've been mm. hating on Bud. Like, he gets a lot of hate for not having Giannis playing, like, primary defender on the best forward in the game. Like, in the best forward they're playing or whatever. Um, but you you said it best. He's the most effective defensively on the help side. So when he sees another teammate getting back down or something like that or drive into the lane on a on another forward, then he's there to do that. I think... I think Bud realizes that, and I think he gets a he gets a, a lot of hate for it. Um, I I can understand why he gets hate for not having Giannis play on ball of, on the best forward that they're playing, but I don't know. You said it best. I think he's most he's best suited for a uh, help side defender. Yeah. So I think we both said Suns in five. So clearly we're very wrong on that prediction. Yeah. Um, we didn't expect Giannis to show out. I mean, he showed out in game two, still lost, but he came back in game three and he got some help from his buddies. Middleton's been much better at home. It is crazy because, I mean, the big saying is role players play better at home. And it seems like for the most part, I mean, even Devin Booker had a sinker. The Suns don't really have a, a true number one. But Giannis has been pretty consistently good throughout the series. But other than that, it's basically been the home team's playing well and the away team's playing well where – uh, the Suns will usually have one of their star players show up each yep. game, but you need multiple guys if you're going to win an NBA Finals game. The the margin of error is just so thin. Yeah, it really it really is. Um, it it's been interesting to see the the role player, the cast of role players that have made an impact. I mean, like like uh, who's it? Cam Johnson has turned out to be one of the best steals in the draft. Which Dude. is funny because he was the bar like consensus biggest reach of his draft class yeah absolutely everyone was saying that like that's such a reach like this guy he's as he's as he comes he's not going to prove it all he's going to be a back he's going to be a rotation player at best in the nba and he's still playing a rotation player but he's playing fucking very meaningful minutes and yeah NBA finals minutes shooting 10 times a game you know like shooting 10 plus times i think there's a he's one of only four guys to ever shoot 50 40 90 in the postseason, I believe that was the stat. Okay. And yeah, he's one of four guys. The other four were like, I'm pretty sure it's like some wild, like Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, like Steph Curry. Yeah. Like it was like that kind of company. Yeah. So it's like, well, he's been mad. He's been just incredibly efficient, uh-huh. which is what, which is what you need at your role players. You need guys. And we talked about the Celtics all year. It's when you kick out to a guy, you need him to hit a shot. You can't be trusting Samuel and Grant Williams combining for 30% of the. Thirty percent of the three pointers. Where you have a guy like Cam Johnson who's just coming through when you need him to. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a silent one, but you got me. So, um, so. Yeah, this, this series uh, probably going to seven. Probably going to go to seven. Yeah. Um, and if if we're thinking that it's going to go to game seven, then I would probably have to put my. Uh, my dice on the or my my luck on the Bucks in Game Seven, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I feel like the Bucks they just they took the momentum. Maybe coming back home, maybe it'll swing it back there the Suns' way. So I hope. we're just gonna have to wait. We're just gonna have to wait and see at this point. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be an entertaining series at the very least, which is good. It's good that we're seeing an actual fun series. It is. Yeah, uh, because... would have been really as much as I love the Suns. It would have been really lame to see them just roll over the Bucks four zero. Or roll over the Hawks, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, you know. it's it's fun. It's fun to extend the series a little bit. Absolutely. 
And that's what it's meant for. I mean, meaningful games where we only got maximum three NBA games left until next, next what? Yeah. At least we lead right into Olympics. Yeah, that's true. We'll get to watch and some, then, some fun ball. And then summer league should be right after that. And then, and then football season. starts. And, so. and then football season. Yeah. And then we, so we're all set. We're good. And then we, we got a uh, little transition here. We got a, uh, the, the Sox playing great ball and uh, we'll get to watch uh, them. Just one more thing in the NBA. I just had two oh, notes. Right. Uh, Kawhi tore his ACL. Everyone was talking about his knee injury and how it's yeah. like weird that he wasn't playing. Yeah, it turned out it was a tore ACL. And then Luca, KD, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and Dirk are going to be on the next cover of NBA 2K. And Candace Parker, Matt. And Candace Parker. Sorry. Well, this is uh, this is NBA, not WNBA. You pig. But WNBA news, yeah, Candace Parker's on the cover. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. It's what um, KD was already on another. He was on two. He was on the two K fourteen, I believe. It was him, Derek Rose, and Blake Griffin. That's right. It was fourteen, not sixteen. That so, was a good, uh, that was a good two K game. I thought oh, it was yeah. sixteen. I never had sixteen, so I don't think it was. Uh, I don't know. Man. I believe it was two K fourteen. I don't think. Why would Derek Rose be on covering? I don't know. Two K sixteen. Yeah, you're uh, right. MLB. Yeah, MLB All Star Weekend, a lot of fun. What did you think, yeah. man? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fucking sweet. Um, I watched the, I didn't watch a whole lot of the home run derby. I saw Pete Alonso won. I saw his pitching coach was or his bench coach, the greatest BP pitcher of all time. Oh man, uh, it, it was absolutely electric. I mean, everybody's seen the graphic of him just dotting that upper of that middle middle zone, like just living there, but. It was the most repeatable fucking windup. The most, it was perfect too because his uh, his pronation had just an, enough spin on the ball that it came back into Pete, and it was right in that fucking wheelhouse, dude. He was murdering the pitching. Yeah, and and I went with Matt Olson, and I, I turned off when he lost Trey Mancini in the first round, which yeah. sucked because they, they both had really good rounds. They did, yeah. Um, I, I always go with, but I always go with like the Pete Alonso type. I believe I probably I think I said Pete Alonso last year because I don't know Matt Olson what his age is. I'm assuming he's on a decent deal at this point. But I don't know he plays for Oakland's so probably not. But usually it's beneficial to have a young guy because they're still on the rookie deals where they're making literally pennies on the dollar. He made more. He's made more money last two years in home run derby winnings than he has in actual salary. Yeah, the last three years. Yeah, so they, they've had, they have, yeah, they have a lot of um, – did they have a home run derby last year? Mm-mm. Okay, no, so he was in one in 19. Last year. So, supposed to be in Cleveland. Yeah, so yeah. I like going with – so you want to go with a guy that's like hungry and the money actually matters to them. I also like big-bodied guys. I always yeah. have. Just the hefty boys, they seem yeah. like they – especially as the rounds go on they're able to continue to keep it up. Whereas some of these thinner guys that do have those sweet strokes, they do have to put a lot of effort into their swings. And they start to wear down. That's just my logic of it. It could oh. totally be proven false, but I just think of a lot of the good home run derby hitters and a lot of them are bigger guys and like Pete Alonzo medals. They're both fucking massive human beings. So I think I had a lot of faith in them. They do well. And I mean, I think Pete Alonzo's cool. I don't really know too, too much about him, but I know you use Dovetail Bats, which is cool, main company. Yeah, DTB, baby. 
he's a Florida guy too. I mean, Florida's got some awesome baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete showed out. He had 35 home runs in the first round. I mean, that was it, it was his contest to lose after the maybe first five swings. He went out and dropped his dick on the table, told him that, told the entire world that he was the best power hitter in baseball. Um, hard to do when you're striking out a lot, but um, it is what it is. Um, the all-star game was fun too. I mean, I think the, the, um, I think ESPN gets a little carried away with the whole mic'd up bullshit. I mean, they had guys, they had fucking. Yeah. It was like Tatis. I think it was Tatis at one point. Uh, Buck was like, yeah, I bet you would like to have that one back. Maybe you like to hit a home run there. And he's like, he's like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, well, like what kind of fucking questions are you asking? I mean, Joe, Joe Buck's asking Xander Bogart what's what pitch is coming when Scherzer's in his fucking windup like why why not even have just like a mute button because you gotta you have to hear fucking who is it Joe Buck and is it I don't know not like some some other motherfucker just yapping away talking to the fans literally like the batter does not need to hear that and everyone's like all these mic'd up moments were so awesome we're gonna hear these players live and in game like this it's is fine when you're in the field batting, though. It's like it's too much going on when you bat. When you have a guy in the outfield, dude, like maybe a ball yeah, sure. hits you, that's yeah. fine. Like that can be funny too. But like even in the field, yeah, even in the field with infield, it's just like hitting though. Hitting becomes so difficult, dude. Like trying to talk while you're hitting, like you're imagine being on the phone when you're trying to swing a bat. Yeah, I know. That's how it's just it's you can't think it. You can't think and talk at the same time. It's just I don't know why they went. They did go a little bit overboard. I'll give you there. Um, our Red Sox boys showed out. Uh, Xander had what two hits? Xander had two hits. Rafi had two hit or uh, two RBI. Rafi yeah. had a double. I didn't see. I didn't get to see the JD. The JD play. He got. I think no, he he got out for yeah. one. He lined yeah, he out. Got I think he. Yeah. I mean, he might have struck out actually. Maybe. I feel like but, I watched um, it. He he went in for Otani and they started booing, which kind of sucks. But yeah, too bad. Yeah, that was but, I mean, you've got two DHs, so one of them's got to hit in that spot. Um. But Matt Barnes got out of trouble with a nice play by Jared Walsh in the outfield. Um, I think Evaldi had a one-two-three inning too. Uh, the Sox look good, and yeah, they're fucking wagons tonight. Uh, as we speak, is uh, Jaron Duran his pro debut at Yankee Stadium? Last night we saw Tanner Hout come up, got recalled through forty pitches of. I think he had only gave up one hit over the last three innings of the game. Yeah, he's nasty. He's nails. So good. I also I've I've heard buzz about the Sox going to a six man rotation and including how can that? Yeah. Um, it would make but, sense that that is going on because he threw forty pitches last night. I mean, they're obviously looking to extend him a little bit. I guess they. I don't know though because I, I think they might just wait a year because. I've heard that when he was down down the minors, he never threw more than like seventy five pitches. Like never really extended him down the minors. I don't know if that's just a precautionary thing. Like they just didn't want him. They just didn't want to like they want to keep him healthy, or it was one of those things that oh shit, like, yeah, it, like they want. I, I, yeah, it's like oh uh, well, like I don't know. We're not gonna have you start this year, so we're just gonna get used to being a long reliever. Uh-huh. Which maybe he will be like this. Uh, Section ten was talking about it. They were saying like maybe he'll come in for Perez. Perez only usually goes five, anyways. Maybe he goes yeah. five, and then uh, and then how it comes in throws two innings. 
Uh-huh. That kind of gets you to the back end of the bullpen. And it gets you to Taylor and Ottavino and Barnes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. It's just like he he'll be that bridge guy, same like what Whitlock's been doing a lot. So just have another guy with one of those arms in, in the playoffs that becomes very valuable, especially when you have to extend guys, you have to go to your bullpen early. It helps have those guys that can be effective in long inning situations. I mean long relief situations. There is nothing wrong with having too many arms. No. Nothing wrong with it in the slightest. Quality um, arms. Yeah, quality arms. We, yeah. we can get fucking I, I could I could jog out there and it wouldn't be pretty, but I throw strikes. Um I th- I think the, the socks I saw a lot of uh first half sort of um first half reactions and uh I heard a lot of people saying that the socks were the best team in baseball. Um and I I I this may be home, home, homer sort of bias, but I think the Sox are at least at one of the top two or three teams in ball. Like you're playing, you got the Sox, the Giants, and maybe I don't know, maybe the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are always just going to be there because of the fucking money they're pumping into that team. But I don't know. Yeah, the Giants are a real surprise team too. The Astros really are good, but I don't. I think they. I think they're getting credit. Just they own the Sox at this point. But yeah, I wish the the Red Sox. They do need to get out another. I think they need to get one more bat, um, either a second baseman or an outfielder. Just you know, solidify that. It can be yeah. like a fourth outfielder too. I wouldn't even mind mind that too much because because you never know. It's always good to have that insurance, and they haven't had really consistent, uh, too many consistent guys, especially the top of the order. Getting a nice leadoff guy would be good. And, yeah, I mean, that, and I think I think helpful. bringing up Duran right now is perfect timing because it gives them like a two week audition, and then after two weeks, then the then the uh, deadline is up in like another two weeks after that, the trade deadline. So it gives an opportunity for them to see what they have in Duran could be, and then adds a, that adds a fourth outfielder. It also makes way for Kike to play second base, shore up that second base position. And it would add an uh, just an infusion of offense to the offense uh, to the to the lineup, um, but it is sort of at the expense of Bobby Dahlbeck because what I'm seeing right now is that when Duran's in the lineup, um, it's not happening tonight. Uh, Kike's playing short and Xander's getting the day off. But the best lineup going forward probably with Duran in the lineup would be Duran in center, Kike at second, and Christian Arroyo at first. I've seen. Uh, the Red Sox Twitter, uh, not the, the Red Sox Twitter, but Red Sox Twitter has ha- shown photos of Christian Arroyo getting playing time or practice time at first base. So that is the, I believe my opinion at least would be the intention of the team because Christian Arroyo is swinging a hot bat right now. And then the next guy off the bench would be Bobby Dahlbeck when Duran is in the lineup. It's an interesting combination. Um I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching his debut. Um, let's see if I can find it. I've, I've heard a lot of that uh, that audition talk. And I just, out of all the prospects we have, though, I would like to see us move maybe one of those corner infielders because obviously we have Dahlbeck, who's played fairly well. I know he was one of our top guys. We have Cassis down there, too. We have a couple other guys. I feel like we just have a shit ton of really, really good corner corner infielders. Yeah. Which is like, I wouldn't mind moving one of them. I feel like we don't have a lot, a ton of uh, high-value outfielders. No. 
So it'd be nice to kind of keep Durant Durant around if possible. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure it's pretty easy to plug and play in baseball. Obviously, you just go for the most talent, especially when you're at this point and you're looking to compete. And Heim's pretty good at keeping keeping the farm system pretty pretty well stocked, as he's shown in Tampa. That was kind of their their MO. That's his. That's his. Yeah, exactly. His MO. Um. Yeah, uh, the farm system is getting pretty packed. I mean, we haven't talked about the MLB draft. Sox drafted uh, the number one overall pros, uh, the number one overall player in the draft at number four, Marcelo Meyer, a shortstop out of high school. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because Jeter Downs is playing and uh, should be getting close to make to cracking the MLB roster. But I mean, Xander's not going anywhere. Rafi's not going anywhere. I mean, I don't know if Jeter Downs is – if they'd like to sort of handcuff him and play him at second. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Christian Arroyo. I've heard – I've heard – I feel like it was with Mercy – was it Mercer? Is that what it was? Mar- Marcelo Meyer. Meyer, Marcelo Meyer. I've heard that – I was once again listening to Section 10. They were talking. They said he was like Brennan Crawford-like where he's like an elite, elite defender. Yeah. So maybe by the time he does come up here, Xander's getting older. Maybe move Xander over to third, move Devers yeah, over to first. Or move De- yeah, and move Devers to first or DH, whichever yeah. suits him better at that time. Yeah. And that that would be obviously a really solid lineup too. And downs, you can put it at second base. I think you can make it work. You can make it work with enough talent. Like they can figure out Xander can be versatile. Um, it will also these other guys. Yeah, these other guys, if you're athletic, I know it doesn't work for everyone, but I mean, Mookie came in as a second baseman too. Yeah. And he wound up being a gold glove outfielder. So it's just like, it really, it, it positions, they do matter, but at the same time, so, like sometimes they don't. Sometimes if you're an athlete, you can, you can be moved around. Yeah. I just think, I think that taking, if the player comp to Brandon Crawford is correct, I think that taking a Brandon Crawford out of your defensive infield would be stupid to move him to the outfield, you know, like, yeah. And that's why I said, like, moving Xander over. Because Xander's obviously – yeah. he's an average shortstop defensively. But you put him to third base, and maybe he becomes a little bit of a plus fielder third base-wise because he's, you know, obviously shortstop's a more demanding position. Yeah, and he's – Xander's a big guy. What is he, 6'1", six, 6'2"? Six, yeah, he's he's not small by any means. He's Long, one of the bigger shortstops. Not, not as fast. Big shortstop, yeah. could move to third. I mean, we saw it with Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. We saw. Well, it. he came up as a third baseman, too. Like, he played – a lot of his like rookie year in Boston as a third right, baseman. Right, yeah. What, what was that? 2013 was that 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 team? Yes. He played he on came that. Up, he came up in September and he played a yeah, lot of third September base for a lot of third. Yeah. He wore like number 72 or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's always weird when they do that. It's not, someone. I think it was Ellsbury. I got like his rookie. He did the same thing like his rookie year. Yeah, he, he wore like, like 70, number 90 something. Yeah. Yeah, and like I got like a jersey of that, and they immediately changed it. So I had to like I just threw it away. But <laughs> that was just one of those memories, and I've never done it again. I've always waited till like the next year for them to officially change their number if they're going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's funny. So, second half of the season coming up should be good. Hopefully, I can yeah. catch uh, some more games, especially the basketball wrapping up. Yeah, we got it. You got to come down and catch a game, Maddie. I'm moving out in a couple in uh, like. A month and ten days. Moving back, moving back up north. No, I'm moving down to Florida. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. We move where in Florida? Pensacola. Oh, nice. I don't. I don't really know where that is. Pensacola. Uh, it's like it's like it's like thirty minutes to the Alabama border. It's on the Panhandle. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. It's in the Central Time Zone. 
That's wild. I know. It's the first time I'll ever be. That's going to fuck you up for a while. It's going to fuck me up so bad, dude. Like, especially if I like, I'm, I obviously don't have like a, what's up? Even playing COD. Even playing Call of Duty. Yeah, bro. Playing at nine and we're shows up an hour late. Yeah, seriously. Like you guys said moon. No, it's going to be weird at the Eastern um, Central time zone. I'm not excited. Yeah. Um, So last thing we have today uh is is space jam we'll do a little movie review Emery didn't see it i haven't seen it uh, i watched it i definitely have some opinions on it it's basketball related obviously it stars lebron uh you have uh not kevin durant you have clay thompson in it dame you have Dalla. dame dalla in it you have anthony davis in it you have neka aguma aguma k i don't know how to I say her name Agum- agumawale maybe i don't know um, and then you have Diana Ferrasi and Ernie Johnson was in it as well. Ernie, uh, Ernie was honestly one of the best parts of it. So, mm-hmm. so a little movie we're going to go through some spoilers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Stars, Spoiler stars. alert, everybody! If you don't want to hear Space Jam, a new whatever, a new legacy. Uh, then I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. But either way, yeah. Spoilers to this point. So you yeah, guys turn it turn off. Turn it off. Save if you don't hear the spoilers of a shit movie. That's why I was nice to save it to the end, but. Uh, starts out starts out with Don Cheadle's character. He's like he's like literally a Warner Brothers algorithm. Like that's his character. Okay. And he's basically just like sucking off LeBron to start. He's like, oh, he's so perfect. He's the perfect person to have. Uh, he's he's a social media superstar. He's a four time MVP. It's literally just like listing all his accomplishments, just so like so unnecessarily, just yeah. like every single thing. And it, that just like Eric me. I was trying to be objective coming into this movie. But that didn't get me off to a great start. I understand it's a kids' movie. I've seen plenty of good kids' movies. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, this wasn't one of them. I know what a good kids' movie is, so I don't want to hear the, oh, it's a kids' movie, it's not made for you. Well, I, I know what a good, good kids' movie is, and that was not it. I love Coco. I love uh, Moana. I love a lot of these ones. I, love the, I even like these original Space Jam. This is just, it's not LeBron bias. This just wasn't a great movie. Uh-huh. So, moving on. After we have that, where he's getting sucked off, his the big uh, the big uh, storyline throughout this movie is LeBron's like a dickhead of a dad, like basically fucking Marv Mar- Marjanovic or whatever his name is, the guy that fucking like forces kid to only eat like hundred percent lean beef and never let the kid have like a never let the kid have like an ice cream cone his entire life and made him like work out since the age he was four to become the perfect quarterback. Like it was like that kind of like. He was like a dictator. Like he was basically like super LeVar Ball. Like okay. just like my kid will play in the NBA. Like that's like his for some reason that's just that was LeBron's character, which is like we all know like that's just not LeBron. Yeah. Like they just made him like an asshole for no reason. And it's basically like his son just wants to play video games, wants to like make video games and he fucking the dad and LeBron just wants him to be a fucking NBA star. So that that's like the big contentious point throughout. Uh Eventually, they visit Warner Brothers Studio. They get an invite because the algorithm. The algorithm, after LeBron rejects the offer from Warner Brothers, the algorithm, like, sucks him into, like, the Warner Brothers universe. And the whole point is they have to play a basketball game to in order for LeBron and his family to get out. And it's not, like, real basketball. It's his son's video game basketball that he created. And basically, they go around, they assemble the Toon Squad, it's some some more just like just 
flexing everything that Warner Brothers owns. They like go by the Harry Potter house. They go by Game of Thrones world. They go by Mad Max, Mad Max world. And it's just once again, like, okay, this is supposed to be a kids movie. What kids going to give a shit about Mad Max Fury Road or, or Game of Thrones? But, yeah. uh, so, so there's that. They, they got the whole Looney Tunes together. And basically the point is, so once again, LeBron should be the biggest asshole on the planet. He's basically like, you guys, we need to play some with fundamentals. Like, just being a complete asshole to Looney Tunes, saying this is my way or the highway, being a dickhead. Um, they get fucking, they're starting, the game starts, they start getting shellacked. Damn, hold on. Motherfuckers shooting fireworks off outside. Let me shut the window. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's not that loud, but that's wild. So, that happens. Uh, another thing that kind of frustrates me is they play the basketball game, and then the big like climax is LeBron learns that he needs to like have fun. Like that's that's how he becomes better. Dad. He needs to have fun. Like he just and it's and th- and that's the whole thing is he needs to just like have fun and let Looney Tunes be fun. Once the Looney Tunes are allowed to be like Looney, they come back and they and they, and they win the fucking game, of course. But who hits the winning shot? I honestly, I think it was Bugs. Honestly, okay. They said LeBron did, but I don't remember. I don't know. I guess I don't remember it. I thought Bugs like maybe Bugs just hit the glitch and it, like froze the game. But yeah, no, it was LeBron because Bugs shot it. They did. The, there's a whole glitch thing. I don't need to get into that. But uh, LeBron was able to tip it in for the game winner, and they won. And that was the whole point. Is you realize he needed to be nice to his kid. So. Overall, that was kind of more of a recap than a review. Yeah. Overall, I just – I didn't really like the story. The characters were fine. Like, LeBron's an okay actor. Uh, the soundtrack was pretty good, to be honest. It was just the real thing that irked me was LeBron James dick-sucking early on. Yeah. And the fucking – just the whole LeBron's an act. Like, we know LeBron's, like, not a bad person. Like, I don't right. know why yeah. they decided that was the route they were going to take with him. Uh-huh. And that was just kind of, and just like the, and just like they had to show off like all the Warner Brother IPs, whether or not they were like related to even the story at all, mm-hmm. which was like that was kind of that was kind of annoying too. But overall, like it wasn't the worst movie of all time. I think the original Space Jam was better. I think I had the original Space Jam at like around a seventy out of a hundred. This one I had probably around about forty five out of a hundred. Yeah, so. Rotten Tomatoes has it at forty percent right now. Yeah, so I guess I'm a, I'm a, I'm, like, I'm a little higher on it than the general public, and like I just said, like I just ripped it apart for five whole minutes. So yeah, so it wasn't a, it just wasn't a great movie. And I guess there was some behind the scenes stuff that happened, like the producer had to take over, the director had to take over midway through the production, and so there's some shit that happened anyway. So I don't know if like that was part of the reason why. Just just not not a great overall movie. If you like LeBron or if you if if you're with kids, it's not that like basketball, it's not the worst movie in the world to watch. I just I'd rather watch the original. Yeah. Personally. I'm, I'm not gonna watch it, so I yeah. Yeah, I don't have so that was my review. So that's a little movie time. I also caught up with a I've watched a lot of movies this summer. Nice. Yeah, watch Black too. Black Widow Black Widow was really good. It was it was mid it was mid tier Marvel, but it it was very good. Like mid tier Marvel is still an incredible movie. Yeah, that's true. I can agree with that. I do like Marvel. Yeah, very action packed, very funny. The uh, the cast was just awesome. Fucking, have you watched Stranger Things? Yeah, it's got that 
The, it's got David Harbour in it. He's awesome yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, you seen Midsummer? No, that was the one I was talking about the other day. Yeah, we were talking about Yeah, that was the one I was like, I had to fucking give a little spoiler to that. But as Fiona from that, she's awesome. Um, and as Rachel Weiss, who was in the Mummies, I, I don't know if she's just in the first one, but she's yeah, a pretty big name actress too. So the the cast was awesome. So I really I enjoyed that movie a lot. What happened to Brendan Fraser? Speaking of the Mummy, what what I haven't he seen was in he was in No Sudden Move. I don't know if you've seen that. I was talking about that one. That was a pretty good one too. That one had Don Cheadle in it as well. But that was a solid movie Don too. Cheadle, that was, I just think of uh, that scene in uh, Dave season one where he's like, "My email address is Don Cheadle's driveway at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle's fucking war machine, dude. He's fucking he's a big time actor, but yeah. He was in that one. It was No Sudden Move was good too. It's like kind of a a, a mafia esque spy movie. Okay, it's like got a lot of humor mixed into it. So that one, it's pretty good. I I enjoyed that one a lot too. Maybe it was really good to start. Then endings just gets a little confusing, gets a little mucked up. But overall, that was a really solid movie as well. Okay, that's a lot of good movie. A lot of good movies past couple weeks. And like I said, I watched The Mummy as well, and that was a really good movie. The Mummy is classic. Mummy's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? Okay. That was a, no, a I mean, I'm all set. Episode. That was. We got a lot of, I don't know how much time we took, but my phone is about, about to die. We started recording at, at 7.39. It's 8.36. Oh, where? So it was about an hour. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, enough. that was good. Next week, though, we will have the draft episode i'm trying to get someone on we might have to hopefully worst case scenario we're gonna get our boy ian on yeah or a, a draft expert but i'm I messaging a few people i haven't heard back from anyone i'll message a couple more and see if we can find any also NBA tomorrow scouts. tomorrow is the uh release of our giveaway with shy guy cards that's s-h-a-i shy correct game five well it's tonight yeah, tonight. So you're gonna. So you're gonna. So I mean, we can talk about this. But we'll have the the winner. The winner will be announced. You already know. So if they haven't messaged you, then you definitely didn't win. So <laughs> you didn't see some announcement. Or if you forget to check it, if you forget to check Instagram, make sure you check that out. Make sure you followed all the rules. Obviously, at this point, it's too late. But but um. So yeah. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, you will probably know who won. Yep. So congrats to whoever that is. Appreciate you guys participating. Yeah, thank you so much. And Emery, take us out with a song. A song, okay. Ooh, I got, a, I got a, I got a new one. It's uh it's Latin, Latin rap music. I had a little uh, in the car ride last night to the game. Uh, got a um, little Spanish infusion. The song I pick is "No Tango Para" by El Mayor Clasico and Rachi RD. Okay, you might have to text me next. I'll send it to you right now. Remember all that. Okay, sounds good. See you, pal. Take it easy, buddy. Ayol, tiene una llave de la alcaldía para que entre cuando tú quieras. Que lo que, que lo que, todo el mundo con la mano arriba, que llegó la masa. Y yo no tengo para. Si ya hablan de mí, eso que me importa a mí, siempre ando con vaina cara. Si yo siempre apuesto a mí, tú vives hablando de mí, te mueres si te frenara. Y entonces, y entonces, ¿cómo te quedó la cara? No me hables de vaina rara.
eso mismo y las chicas me dan el break. Tengo mis valijas, me gusta más la ropa. Antes no tomaba alcohol, pero ahora tomo everyday. Mírame que estoy en pista, la pongo hasta en camisa. La bendición de Dios me tiene muerto de la risa. Háblame de hoja, prendí la discoteca. La nebula prendía y un perro en la muñeca. Máxima de máxima, dueño de la yeca. Domingo para el circuito con 70 en la gaveta. Me da lo mismo por mientras la cuenta te repleta. Mi contacto en el zorro, pero me dejo una seta. La gente está en feria y tú estás haciéndole paquete. Pruébalo con brisa, de ahí para los retetos. Para, 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 para,